0: The Brian Sam's podcast is sponsored by Church Media HQ. Keeping up with weekly graphics at your church can be overwhelming. With the graphic of the week from Church Media HQ, you get a fresh graphic delivered right to your inbox every week for free. You'll receive a new sermon design, social image, or seasonal graphic each week for an entire year. Sign up for the free graphic of the week at churchmediahq.com. While you're there, check out their affordable membership options, and use promo code Brian to get $100 off any upgrade. Get free graphics for a year at churchmediahq.com. That's churchmediahq.com. You're listening to an ongoing discussion on life, leadership, and ministry. This is the Brian Sams Podcast.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to part two of our conversation with Pastor Fred Ayers. I know you enjoyed the last conversation. What a tremendous Christian leader. And we're going to get right to his conversation in just a moment. But before we do, I want to remind you of just a couple things. Number one, uh, we are having a virtual Church Advance Fellowship that is next week on May the 6th. From 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to be hearing testimonies from the Church Advance National Conference as well as hearing a conversation between me and Pastor Kurt Skelly regarding the pastor's schedule, a step away from burnout and a step toward health. And you will not want to miss that. We hope you'll get registered. Check out the show, show note link and you will find a place to register with just your name and your email address. And we hope to see you there. Also, today is the last day to receive a 10% discount on the Church Advanced National Conference held right here at River City Baptist Church. Just go to Eventbrite today, register for the conference, under discount code, type in the word Podcast, And that will give you 10% off general admission to the National Church Advanced Conference February 8th through 10th, 2023 at River City Baptist Church with myself, Pastor Kurt Skelly, Pastor Kerry Schmidt, and Pastor H.B. Charles, Jr. We love this conference and look forward to seeing you there. And now to this part two conversation with Pastor Fred Ayers. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Brian Sam's podcast. This is, of course, your host, Brian Sam's. Man, I'm excited. We are here in the recording studio in Jacksonville, Florida, and tomorrow, as of this recording, we're launching the Church Advance Conference, the, the inaugural Church Advance Conference. We're already planning on doing it again because of the great feedback that we have received and I'm so thrilled to have back for part two of a conversation with Pastor Fred Ayers from the Walnut Creek Baptist Church in Erie, Pennsylvania. As a side note, I'm sure glad to be in Florida rather than Pennsylvania, Erie of all places, <laughs> in February. So, uh, and, and just as a, a funny side note, he is a Bills fan. I am a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And uh, we won that battle this year in 2022, but we turned around and got skunked. Uh, well, we're going to change the rules for overtime. I hope we do. And I'm a go college overtime college, guy. Yes, college right. overtime is absolutely the best way to do it. It's fair on all accounts. I hated it in 2018 when we lost to the um, or was that 19 when we lost to the uh, 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 Patriots, Patriots. At, in in Kansas City. But I loved it when we played the Bills. Right. Um, but then the very next week, we had the same chance. Same thing. And he threw an interception. And I right. love Patrick Mahomes. Never going to slam him. But he had a rough game against the Bengals. No doubt about it. But anyways, that's beside the point. But that's the important stuff. That's right. pretty important. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Pastor Harris, thanks for joining us again. It's really great talking to you. And I, I just I, I feel like we've really been able to connect on a good friendship. And I'm looking forward Amen. to seeing how the Lord will allow us to fellowship together and maybe serve together in the future. Last time, we talked about just what God did and the circumstances he used to lead you to a transformation, a philosophical shift. Sure. Now, today, I want you to walk us through—you're an engineer, you told us last time. You're very methodical. You're very detail-oriented, which I'm not. Um, you've got notes. I don't. <laughs> uh, and, but there is a strategy. Um, Absolutely. mine was a little more expedited <clears throat> and you're, you're going to tell us how yours became expedited, but you transitioned your church. I mean, in 2012, you had that moment where you knew I cannot really identify with or have a, a front on our church that we are independent Baptists because of A, B, C, and D. God broke you and led you to, to move forward in a new style of ministry Whereas of even this year, if I recall, this year as of January, you actually officially joined the Southern Baptist Convention. Correct. So there's a lot that happens between 2012 and 2022. And for those of those of those that are listening that are interested in and will lead change in their church, you need to be methodical and you need to be careful and you need to do it right or you will very easily explode a church. So... I'm just going to leave it to you for a little bit. Well, Tell as us far about as acronyms you, go, yeah,
0: Independent go Fundamental Baptist, I consider our church still independent, and I still consider us Baptists. But that label is means something different. When uh, we partnered with the uh, Southern Baptist Convention, the B.R.N. of Pennsylvania, we made it very clear that we're still self-autonomous. We still control our own destiny, but we agree to fellowship with this group of people of like-minded churches. Right. And I te- that's what I do tell people. But the turning point, as I said at our last podcast, was in 2012. Uh, right after that, as I said, the last podcast, I started doing the survey of teens, and nobody that graduated from our youth group that went to even all the anointed colleges, literally I found one out of maybe 150, 175 teens that actually went to an independent, fundamental, traditional Baptist church. So it was, you know, it was 99% did not. So thinking about that, the Lord convict me uh, through a process, which in time I won't go through every bit of it. Uh, we started change, you know, music on the screen. Of course, that's, you know, some people freak out about that. We introduced some new super conservative, contemporarily written music, it was written maybe four years ago, uh, Keith
1: Getty, um, you know. Well, you know, Pastor, you really, you have to have at least <laughs> 10 years between the writing and I've actually had guys tell me that. Sure, because we got to least... know their
0: testimony and like I, we got to, you know, you know, I says, well, let me tell you, I can go rip and I, to be, and not to get a side such about music, but we have eliminated a lot of the traditional hymns mm-hmm. because number one, you can't understand some of the words. Um, I thee not. Now tell me what that's going to do. Yeah. When you're Wafted
1: singing. on the rolling tide. <laughs> That's so, a good one.
0: So anyway, but we do still sing very traditional hymns. Our church yeah. is a blended church, yeah. and even the contemporary songs we have are—we are, have a guitar, we have the piano, but it's it's contemporary written music, uh, the Gettys, mm-hmm. uh, Sovereign Grace, Matt Meyer, things like that. So anyway, so that all being said, that started uh, leading up to 2018. Not a lot, and people, some people, you know, freak out about that stuff because all they've been told is. This is the way we should do it, and that's you know the enemy, to be honest with you. So, in 2018, I got really convicted, and I'll just say this as we move on. I came for the church, I said, You need to come back Sunday night. It was a Sunday night, it was can I pause real quick?
1: Sure. Sorry, so so between 2012 and 2018, you're just incrementalism. Incre- you're slowly you're little, jay, here, little, here, death by then, thousand cuts. And then 2018, there's this moment that you right. you called the church back. I made some, some okay.
0: changes. You know, some things were you know you know even silly things like a visitor card is a connection card. Yep. Oh, it should be called a vi- seriously. <laughs> I mean, are we? You can't make this stuff up, Brian. Yeah. I mean, if you step back, you can't um, make it up.
1: I've heard, I've heard guests preach about it. Yeah. It's a visitor card, <laughs> bless God. It's great. I mean, and, you know, we laugh, and yet but how sad it is. that you would actually, like, that you would have 30 seconds of content in a sermon, and that's in there. I was told that the Bible, I was told, never have a website years
0: ago that it's www. which is reference to 666. And anybody has a website, it's you're really inviting Satan into yeah. their home. Yeah. That's another story. Yeah. Anyway, so I could go on forever. So 2018, anyway, 2018. 2018, this has been building up slowly. We really hadn't made a lot of transition yet, but there were some. And I came for the church and I said, and I did something. I apologized. Hmm. I apologized to the church. I said, and if you listen to the tape, it was my mea culpa. I said, I didn't, some of the things I did, I no longer, I never really believed them. And some I did, but they were not where I'm at. Mm. And, and of course, some would say, oh, he's changing. He, yes, I am. But I think if I'm talking about leading change, I'm talking to younger pastors, you have to come to grips with who Christ is. And you have to stand before God and say, is what you're doing who you are? And I couldn't do that. I could not do that. So what I did was, is I apologized to the church, and I said, from this point forward, Pastor Fred Ayers is going to be Pastor Fred Ayers, and I'm going to do that. So that was in January. I apologized to the church about some of the standards we embraced, and I said, we're going to set a new course. From that point forward, we did um, – I, I met with my leadership team, uh, Brian. I met with the deacons. I met with the um, trustees. And I developed uh, a series of meetings about where we're headed. I knew where we were headed. But you know what? If you're going to eat an elephant, you have to do it one bite at a time. Right. Sure. And I would caution anybody not to fly in and, and just tear the thing up. So anyway, make to get on – after a series of meetings, I said, here's what we're going to do, and this is my conviction. I'm not saying if anybody does this differently, we were running, we actually were growing. At that point, it really started to take off, our church did, and uh, we needed to go to two services. So I said, we're going to go to two services. That's a huge issue, by the way. Two services is liberal. You know, have to, well, of course. Yeah, you sure. can't just pack them in. Well, we packed them in in the 50s. Well, people don't sit that way today, yeah. and this is pre-COVID, by the way, so <laughs> We went to two services, 9.30 and 11. For us, this was a huge issue, more than anything we ever did. And I said, I'm not going to preach a service at 9.30, squeeze in Sunday school between it and do an 11. All three will be bad. I want excellence. So Mm. we're going to get rid of Sunday school. And that was huge. Now, that was a change as much as the King James music for me Mm -hmm. because I wanted expository preaching. I wanted... The goss, I, I did not want, I wanted to amuse, I didn't want anybody rushing around. So the bottom line was, we upped our game on our junior church from entertaining the kids with videos or running, playing tag to a program for junior church that really replaced the kids' Sunday school. Mm. We do two, two junior churches. So we had a 930 junior church, an 11 o'clock junior church, two services, no adult Sunday school. We lost people mm. over that. Not many, a few. And they're good, dear people that just did not... To the, even to this day, we have some people in our church that think we're going to bring it back. So that was a big issue. That happened in 2000, October 12, 2019. So remember, I went January 2018 to 2019. We never voted on it. Constitution didn't require it. Uh, and that was a smart thing because anytime you vote on something, there's always somebody that takes a position of no. And now you didn't do what they said, but if they never took a position...
1: They yeah, don't care. That's well, you know.
0: Yeah. but we did. I did build a consensus. It wasn't this, you know, narcissistic pastor that had. And that's an idea. Nehemiah.
1: That's Nehemiah 2 leadership, which sure. is what I call it. Which I think is when I when I changed translations in January of two thousand twenty-one. Yes, uh, that was after weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of informing, educating, men, deacons, pastors, a big group of them, for eight or ten weeks on Wednesday nights. Then I then i shared it with the church collectively in a series Amen. of sermons then about a month later i, I actually implemented the change and the, and you're talking about building a consensus that's there's a, so much wisdom there it's exactly what nehemiah did he took some men with me and he went and then he observed and what i love about this principle is he he they caught the burden with him because he demonstrated to them the brokenness
0: mm-hmm. here's
1: the gates here's the wall here's this and building consensus is a key element of leading major change. So I appreciate you saying that. And we did that. Some
0: of this comes from my business background. When I was an engineer, I ran an a, a engineering department. And you just don't walk in and say, hey, next week, all this is different. You have to build a culture of change. And what we, we are now, we are a culture of change. Uh, we're used to change. So we want to change something next week. People, it's, it's, we're trying to build that culture, not change for the sake of change, but change for the gospel. Mm, it's good. When all that was going on, and this is our big, if you go to our website now, you'll see it's blasted everywhere. We're disciples making disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got involved in some books with Jim Putman, discipleship.org. I got really involved, and Bobby Harrington, um, I think you guys in, in Veritas used some of his material, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Mm-hmm. And I said, we need to be mature disciples. Now, that was all going along as we were making the change. So It wasn't making a change because we're just, we're to make disciples. We're to love God and love others. We have, if you look at our website and you go to our church, you walk in, we have three things we do. We worship, we connect, and we study. Worship, connect, study. Uh, I didn't find that from anybody. It was on some cute logo. I had anybody made up, but the worship service is the key. We connect on Sunday nights with our small groups. We do life together, disciples making disciples, and we study. We have uh, building toward like systematic theology. And, you Mm -hmm. know, people want deep. They don't. You'd be surprised. People really want some depth. Mm -hmm. And so we have our Wednesday night classes. Uh, If you join our church... There's 13 weeks you're going to go through. You're going to learn what we believe about the Bible. Mm-hmm. So anybody calls us liberal, I defy them to show me what liberalism is. If that's Absolutely. liberalism, yeah. uh, well, count they did, me in. They've redefined the word, so yeah. Right. So we went through that, Brian. Um, it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then um, our leadership voted in July 1990, 2019 100% to make these changes. Two services, connect, worship, study. And that was huge. And then in March of 2000, everything changed. Yeah, right. 2020. 2020, yeah, I'm right. sorry. Um, so the message of God is our preaching. And this is nothing. I'm not saying anything to you that you don't already know. But we wanted to use the methods of God. Mm. If the message of God was is inspired, I believe his methods were inspired. Mm. And Jesus' methods One-on-one with 12 guys. He Mm -hmm. Of course, he had the Sermon on the Mount. He had some large preaching. But we're to do life together. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're doing. We've lost people over that, a few, that believe that we're to come to the show. I call it the show. Mm -hmm. Service Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And that's all we do. And that's what they were taught Mm -hmm. for 50 years. So that process from from 2018 January, which is when it really accelerated, to March of 2020 before COVID, was a lot of what we did, and mm-hmm. then. But it was process. It was meetings. It was what do you think? Prayer. My son, who is a, he's a CPA, he works for a, a tech company in California. Him and his wife were over Christmas, and he says, "Dad, I see your strategy. I see what you're doing. I mean, I see this. You got it on the screen. You talk about it here. So when it happens, it's just kind of this is who we are, mm-hmm. and." Uh, and we've made mistakes, Brian. Things I think that would do differently, but I would say, by and large, taking time
1: and processing it. But you have to have—you got to be moving the ball. You made you made a great comment about a culture of change. I want to I want to insert something here to these young guys that are listening. the The hardest part's getting over the hump that you mentioned, but then when you have the flexibility and freedom, there's a lot of joy there. I'm getting ready to make a major schedule change. Um, and I, I feel like I make them all the time, and I, I'm not afraid to try something. And if it doesn't work out the way that I intended it, I'm just going to flip it and carefully do it again. So we are actually switching. I'm passionate about discipleship too. It's it's Our, our theme is making disciples, being disciples. Right. And I found that even my Wednesday night, which we have Sunday morning, Wednesday night, my Wednesday night was becoming another preaching service, so what I decided to do was I moved whatever we're doing on Wednesday night to Sunday school hour, we're not calling it that, but that's going to be our teaching portion, then our worship service, then Wednesday night we're moving all of our discipleship to Wednesday night. So there's there's large classes, there's one-on-one classes, we have a one-on-one, 2 one 3 one 4 one levels of discipleship, mentoring, modeling, and teaching, and we're getting ready to roll that out first of April. So, I mean, here we go again—another change. But it's so easy now.
0: It is. And what we did was the the last wheel in the cog for a while. You know, people. I hear this, Pastor. What's next? And I go, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not looking. But I and I'll share this. My a man that in he's an SBC pastor. He, there's five churches, literally, in Western Pennsylvania. There's not many SBC mm-hmm. churches. We came in, I came in his fellowship. He loved on me. We prayed. We went through COVID together. We, same philosophy, discipleship. I mean, you could, there's not a dime's worth of difference between the two churches. Their music may be a little more contemporary than ours, but other than that, that was it. So we're, we're, we're right together. And I went to an SBC state convention conference, and I said, who are these people? I've been waiting to see these people. My wife would, like all these ladies, I mean... These are our people. And I'm not saying if you're not a Southern Baptist that you're not there. But we found a camaraderie. I walked into a meeting, Brian, and they gave me a hug. They knew we were there. Hey, how's your wife? I go, I didn't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And it was I've never been to a conference like that. Right. So I went back and told our deacons and I said and I says, I'd like us to consider partnering. We're still independent, as you know. We're still we can make our own and I, you know, because the, the the mantra
1: out there is, oh, you can, they're going to tell you what to do. You got, you know, whatever. It is. A, I want to insert this. This is the one of the major fallacies of people. They, people don't understand. S-C-C. I know. I had a conversation with a uh, we. You would know this guy. He's a very very conservative independent Baptist. Called me out on some things, and we had a long conversation. I stopped him in the middle of the conversation. Said, I won't say his name. I said, man, look, let me just help you with something. I'm going to send you a few books, because you don't frankly know what you're talking about you're just you're not even conversant right now you're you're not conversant in SBC independent baptist discussion you're not even there because you still actually think that there's some kind of denominational control it is a volunteer partnership right exactly you can be or do whatever you want to do as far as partnership one other thing about this before i, I want you to i want you to talk about your expedition there what covid but this this is, this is, I'm passionate about this. We're, we're having a whole round table at this conference about this subject, independent survival. Amen. What are we going to do about the great commission going forward? What's the plan? If you're totally independent, what's the plan? And I think a lot of guys are going to scratch their head. And the, the answer is we better work together. We better find some avenue to work together. And there is a big one of those called the SPC. That's a really good one. But if that's not what you're gonna do, fine. Find some way to officially partner voluntarily as an autonomous church with something that's gonna help you pull your resources, your time, and your energy to do the Great Commission better. Otherwise, you're gonna limp along and die. Right. I mean, how many of these missionaries? Let's just talk about missionaries for a second. Independent Baptist missionaries. And I don't I don't have any stats, don't know anybody in particular. How many of them are taking three or four years just to get just to get the support? which will then in turn be probably a couple hundred thousand dollars stretched out over four years just just to limp along in deputation, drag their 57 kids around in an RV for two years. And they wear suit and ties and even their they're four-year-olds. Absolutely. And, and, <laughs> and, and labor through these miserable um, questionnaires and, and go through the brutal stuff of all these standards, and they change from every church. Okay, then you get to the mission field, and, and I'd be curious to know how many of them stay longer than a term.
0: And, you know, Brian, I I know this isn't about missions, but my heart goes out to a lot of these guys. I have a a missionary I talked to last week and asked, well, be straight up, not to put his name on our website, because if they know they're associated with our church, they're going to lose support. This is a good man, by the way, Mm -hmm. but he is, he's really struggling. And he said, I go to one church, I, I need to know what to say, I need to know, so we in our independent Baptist circles, this is so outside of the norm. And, yes! Yeah, and and so when I say these things, people say, that can't be
1: true. And I say, oh, yes, it is. I had a friend that, that started a church in uh, Burbank, California. Hard place. Right. Very expensive. He finally linked up with North American Mission Board after being there for like a decade. And those guys, the North American Mission Board sure. guys who, who are there, who are the support system and they, they, they could not believe. You came down here and did this on your own? No I, team? no. I met, out? Brian,
0: you know, I want to say this story. I met the executive director of the uh, Southern Baptist, uh, Baptist uh, Resource Network of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And I met with him about a year ago. And he met with me, talked about the SBC. And he says, let me get this straight. You've been in Erie for 20 years by yourself. And he almost started crying. Yeah. Absolutely. And he couldn't understand it. That's all. So, uh, it's not the way it's supposed to be. No, done. it's not. And, and where we are, that's a, that's a part of the cog. It's not all of it. But we're, we love God, love others. We're looking to evangelize. We're doing a um, uh, kind of an uh, analysis of our community. We've got some other churches are going to come in. We've been asked possibly to go down to Pittsburgh and help some church plants, SBC church plants down there. Our people say, this is great. Now we have that avenue to do that. And it helps us. So we just want to love God, love others, make disciples, um, and do what uh, the Lord would have us to do. So our change is still in progress. Uh, I think any church that says, oh, we're done, is and I I want to hand the reins over. Don't know how long it's going to be. But when I hand the reins over, I want to hand the reins over to a, a preacher that does expository preaching that exegetes the word of God that it loves God, love others, and can be willing to evangelize and discipleship our community. And whether it's with the SBC, whether it's independent, whatever, right now it's with the SBC, and that's where we're going, and I don't see that changing. So, And uh, I say this, and I don't mean it to sound uh, uncaring, but at my age, I don't care. I don't care. I say that at a staff meeting, and they all laugh because they're younger guys yeah. and women too. I have a couple. Of I lessons.
1: hope I know I've got some older gentlemen that listen to this podcast, and some of them, quite frankly, listen skeptically, and I get that. I know that not all of my subscribers and stuff are like fans. Right, okay, right. So I would just, I would just say, I we we need your age with that like my grandpa okay he not not as a, not in not not in ministry but you know my grandpa before he died he didn't care what anybody thought about him right. he just didn't give a rip right and that spirit can be so channeled and used to lead change and what i love about this conversation what i think now will will be a friendship for till we're in heaven together sure is that we need i need i need the older preachers in my life and we but what we need is i think young guys oftentimes pastor they think that every older voice in my life is the one that's going to be checking me down oh you better be careful better be careful we need also some older voices with vision with vision absolutely that help encourage what we're trying to do my best friend in jacksonville is about an 89 85 year old preacher named walter bennett he's a Lifelong SBC guys. He's pastored. He started churches. He pastored one of the largest churches in town, south of here, Hibernia Baptist mm-hmm. it's down in Fleming Island. And now he's retired. And, but man, he's such a good brother. And his, his grandsons pastor like hipster churches and all this, but he is, he is, he's helping me in the areas that really matter. Family, finances, like guiding me. But then when it comes to ministry and enabling and helping me with vision, he's really pushing me forward. And so we need this. We the younger guys under the age of 40, I'm past that now, but under the age of 40, we need the wisdom of the older brothers, but we don't need it always as the check down. Right. And I think that's what happens
0: Brian is you got to have a vision, you got to give hope, you got to give something for the future. And I what I see and in, in my job is not to say, oh, these days are bad. It's fine. Look, they've been a lot worse. I mean, just study history. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, let's wake up. It's mm. not that, I mean, it's bad. But we need to say, is Christ in charge? We can have an effect on a community. I'm talking to Christians now. There's a lot of people out there that need the Lord. And what are we doing to get in their presence? Mm. You know, I say this to our church all the time. I think John MacArthur was his quote, so I'll give him credit for it. We don't need to make our mission feel the enemy. We need to be out there, and you know what? It's hard enough as it is. The second quote, I, you know, I think I credit to him, or Johnson, who is, works for MacArthur, he said the following. He said, uh, you have to earn the right to be heard. That's good. And yeah. we need to be out there, and I, I preach that to our church all the time. Have you earned the right to be heard? Maybe you take them a meal. Maybe you love on them for a year before you ever have the opportunity. But, mm-hmm. you know, discipleship
1: and evangelism is hard. It is. And and I admire hard. you. You guys are in a, a, you know, the kind of area. I'm sure it's very. There's difficult, no Christians, but in our you area. want to know what's amazing about here in Jacksonville. You would think this is the, the. No, no, no. These are cultural Christians. I know these people don't know God. I have seen more people saved here that thought they were saved when they started coming here, and and, and that's the bread and butter down here. You got to unsave them first, and then and then and then they'll follow Christ when they get into a gospel preaching place. Pastor, Ayers, is there anything else, man? You you've seen some great things about. Uh, transition, and and then, of course, COVID expedites it. Any other words just about transition planning or things that would help?
0: Well, we laid it out.
1: I laid it out. And honestly, my wife is,
0: I mean, she would have gotten her doctorate. She had met me, and I kind of held her back academically. But she's, uh, she's she's actually our administrator who will be retiring this year, and I'm turning it over to somebody else. But I laid it out with her first. And I know some pastor's wife aren't is involved as mine is in the church, but that's just who she is. By the way, she's run six marathons. I run seven. so she's she's the incredible superwoman, pastor's wife, loves the Lord, homeschooled our kid. I mean, she's she makes it all. But I laid it out with her. Find the person that you can. It may for me, it was my wife. Mm. I laid it out to the deacons. I laid it out to the trustees, and then I selectively we nominated deacons and trustees that had this vision, mm. and the rest. I mean. I don't let say I'm a dictator, but I do have veto power and who gets nominated. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And so I made sure those boxes were checked, because I got to have leadership on. And we prayed and I brought it up. This wasn't a, 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 a bait and switch. It wasn't, oh, Pastor got in a moment and he's, you know, he'll get over this. I have heard that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I'll tell you a really fun story. We got rid of the pews during COVID, and it worked out well because we needed to do it anyway. And we brought in chairs. And I had a a very saint say to me last week, he says, now that COVID's over, are we bringing the pews back? And I said, yeah, well, they're stored out in the back 40. We have plastic over them. We'll bring it back in a couple weeks, you know, but things people think change is going to stop. So I would just say, take it slowly, pray, get a mentor. Uh, I found the SBC guy in Erie that him and I worked together I bounced things off him. And, and, but you've got to go forward. Mm -hmm. Um, If not, uh, and love people. 'Cause mm. you're gonna get aggravated. I know you've never been aggravated over oh, anything. Oh, uh, you know, that's and
1: investing that relational capital in people gives you the gives you the capital and, and culture, the escrow. Yeah.
0: Culture, culture. If you develop a culture, and one of the reasons we were able to make all these changes without a lot of people leaving, even though we did have some, was we always I believe even in the heyday of the IFB movement. We were never there, and we we people knew we loved them. Amen. People knew we cared, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just a fly by night thing. And mm-hmm. I think love um, is a scripture that covers a multitude of sins, and we're to love. You know, the great command. We forget that we have the great commission down, but we, the great command is to love right. the you know love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and the brother as thyself. Mm-hmm. So, and I think sometimes we forget that.
1: Yeah, I think a closing word here. Just as I'm thinking, you you point out something that's really good. Whatever you do, whatever you do, more conservative, less conservative, SBC, independent, whatever, let your mission drive you rather than the pressure of other people, and let that be your guide. And if that's true, Amen. it's great. Tradition and, should never beat mission. Amen. Oh, that's good. Well said. Well, guys, thanks for listening again to the Brian Sands podcast. We'll look forward to joining you again for another conversational life, ministry, and leadership. And until we see you again, God bless. Have a wonderful day.